Good evening, everyone. Yeah, Micah, that was me. I forgot to turn it on. So, <laughs> welcome. Glad to have you here as you're making your way in. Those of you joining us online, it is a thrill to have you here. If you're online, fist bump, boom, okay. Uh, and if you're here, uh, we are just thrilled to have you here. If, um, if we can answer any questions for you, let us know. Restrooms are down the hallway there. Grab some water in the, uh, in the lobby there. Uh, and if you happen to be new, we would love to invite you to do a couple different things. One is you can download our free app right from the App Store. Just type in Elements City Church, and you can download that. We travel light. Go with you. You can find everything from past sermons to playlists to different things coming up, like the guys event that we have coming up here at the end of the month. You'll hear more about it that at the end. You can read more about it in the app. You can follow along with sermon notes and things like that. If you happen to be new, we would love to, to kind of start a connection with you, and you can do that in one way, either kind of texting the word hello to our text number, which is three or five two zero three four zero six. 6868, just text the word hello, and you'll get a couple other texts back, and we'll kind of walk with you over the next five or six weeks. Promise we won't spam you, but one text a week just to kind of help you get connected. We know it's hard connecting to a new place, so that's one way we can help. And we invite you to the 10-minute party, which happens in that back corner right there. At the end of service, I'd love to meet you, kind of hear your story a little bit, tell you a little bit about the church, and we have the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon. Yes, it is that good of uh, kettle corn, free for you as a guest. Uh, for those of you who uh, kind of go here all the time, it's not for you. You don't get it. Uh, but for if you're a guest, you get it, and it's awesome. So, so glad to have you guys here. Are you surviving the heat? It's nice and cool in here right now, and so it's nice. Enjoy that. We're going we're gonna to raise the temperature a little bit and worship here in a second. We kind of pray for the church of the week. So if you're here in the house, I just invite you to stand up. Uh, if you're at your house, you can stand up if you want. But we're going to pray for the church of the week, which happens to be Oasis Church and Pastor Scott. Uh, we know it takes a lot of churches to reach people with God's love. Uh, it's not just about our church. And so we want to pray for Oasis Church tonight as they minister, and we pray for our evening, our time together. So I know you probably had a lot of things going on in life coming in. Just take a deep breath. You're here. And may the Spirit of God minister to your heart and meet you where you're at whether you've been walking with him for a long time or whether you're just here investigating and, and you got over, you just kind of mustered the courage to even come. I'm so proud of you coming. So proud of you tuning in and being a part of that. And so God, we pray for Oasis Church and Pastor Scott and their team. Pray for their leadership and wisdom, discernment, that you'd resource them in the ways that they can have an impact in their region of the city. Continue to minister your hope, your love, your grace to the people around them, the people that their people are connected to. And God, we pray that for us as well. God, we want to be the church that continues to minister to the people that we're connected to, that we rally here on a Sunday and gather to, to lean into your presence. We invite uh, your spirit to do a work in our hearts. Meet us each tailor-made exactly where we need to, to encounter you tonight. And may you inhabit the praises of your people, minister to our hearts, Holy Spirit. As we look into your word in the Sermon on the Mount, continue that series this summer. God, we want to experience you, to taste and see that you are good, that you are tov, and your heart is for your people. And so may we have a little bit more of a taste of that tonight, be changed in the process. May we get to experience that together as the gathered church, we pray. In Jesus' name.
Take us back to an unswerving faith in the power of your name. A heart beating for your kingdom to reign. A church that is known for your presence again. God, take us back. Nothing you know. 
consume me when I wake up. It doesn't matter what yesterday held. You love me. Great is your faithfulness. So great is your faithfulness. So great is your faithfulness. Father, we're reminded of that truth. I stand amazed that your word tells us that every morning your mercies are new, that you are faithful. You are faithful to, to us. And I think about the church context of the word faithfulness and so often we we think of believers or Christians or, or people pursuing you and we think of just trying to have faith, but man, you've modeled it for us. You are after us. Each and every person in this room within these walls and each one outside of them. You are faithful, you are good. Man, I just, I wanna live out of that truth. And I know there's others here that would join me in that. Your faithfulness is new, morning by morning by morning by morning. And there are no obligations. There are no rules. There are no laws that would separate us from the love of your son, Jesus. And so that's why we're here, because it's awesome. And we wanna know more about it. Whether this is the first time we've heard it or the millionth time we've heard it, man, it's a mystery. It's a mystery that I know I wanna know more of. I need more of. Our world, our community needs more of. So Father, would you move in this place in a great way? We look forward with anticipation to your move tonight. Please be with Jack as he shares your words. I pray that they would imprint themselves tonight that we might leave here looking a little bit more like your son, Jesus. love you. Man, we want to love you with everything that we've got. We want to be genuine. We want to be real. Be with us tonight, Father. Move in a mighty way. We love you. Amen. You guys can have a seat. always good to worship together, and uh, we've been in this series uh, called the Sermon on the Mount. This is kind of the, a sermon Jesus gave and would have given it many, many times traveling around as a traveling rabbi, and this is probably his most famous sermon in the context, and it's probably multiple points to it, and that's why we're spending the summer kind of deep diving into it, and uh, tonight we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, and so if you have your Bibles, you can go there. If you have the app, you can open it up, go to sermon notes. In fact, if you have your phone, I want you to take it out. And I just want you to hold it and not get ready to play tic-tac-toe or anything, but like just look at it. And the reality is I bet you've had this experience with the same as I have had this experience. These are amazing inventions. 
I mean, if you, you ever stop to think about the reality that, like, how many of you, when you were a kid, you had a phone in your house, but it had a cord? You know, it's just like, I'm dating myself, I'm old, but like, we had this really extra long cord so you could like stretch it into the other room if you wanted privacy, and by other room, I mean 12 feet away, uh, but like this, like you can, people ask me questions all the time, and like, I, my response now is, have you Googled it? Because, like, when I was a kid, like, you never knew, like, you had to go to encyclopedias. Like, those are books, by the way. Uh, But, like, you can Google stuff and find answers to things. And not everything you read on here is, but, like, I bet you've had this experience with your phone where you've picked it up and you've dialed someone and you're like, hello. And then they're like, hello. Hello? Hello? And you, you know, like pull it away a little bit, and you're trying to hear him. You like I put it on speaker and like turn it and the volume up. You're like hello, and then you everybody ushers that five word sentence. Can you hear me now? Right. That's what uh, I think that was Verizon that made that famous. And it's just this idea like can you can you hear me? And then like it's the you know every fourth word you hear, and you're like I yeah, is this the right number? And like it's just and then finally what do you do? You hang up and you call each other back, and then it works. And you're like, "Ah, that's so annoying. But then you really stop to think about it. Like, you just called someone, like, and it went up to space, and then it came back down to their phone, and like, I don't know how that stuff works. Like, it blows, like, but I'm amazed by bridges. Like, I drive over a bridge, and I go, there's nothing, like, how do I make it over? Like, I, I don't understand bridges, how cement just, is in the air. Uh, so anyway, like you who are engineers, you could teach me later. I really don't care. Uh, but I'm just glad that it works and, and we can go to coffee. And Anyway, so, but like the phone, here's the deal about the phone. The phone is all about connection. And as we dive into this next portion of the Sermon on the Mount, I want you to keep that in mind. Every time you look at your phone this week, I want you to think, I think this is what Jesus is getting at when he talks about prayer. Prayer is about our connection, our relational connection with God. Now, you may be here and you're kind of on a spiritual journey for yourself, and you, maybe someone invited you, promised you dinner. I hope it's an awesome dinner. Uh, and, but maybe you're kind of on that journey trying to figure out what is this spiritual thing all about. And for some of us, we've been walking with Jesus for a long time, and maybe there's moments where the connection's great, and there's other moments where you feel like you're hearing every fourth or fifth word, and you feel like the disconnection is there, and, and, and everything in between. But what Jesus is going to teach us here about prayer is about developing this deepening relational connection with the creator of the heavens and the earth. And and friend, that is an amazing reality that I think sometimes we forget how, like, amazing that really is. And so I want us to kind of look at this. We're spending the summer looking at the Sermon on the Mount. This is where Jesus is kind of drilling down on on what uh, people then would have known, kind of the the Ten Commandments and the law that God gave, and the Pharisees had kind of amplified that out and and made a bunch of laws and kind of said, this is the way you build a connection with God. This is, you got to obey, you got to obey, you got to obey. And the reality is like, no one's good enough to do that. And that's kind of what Jesus is pointing out here. Is like, okay, you, you've heard it said this, and it's actually this, and it's actually deeper than what you think, and, and you're not good enough, really, is what he's saying. And, and, and like, your, your, your excellence and your obedience has to be better than the Pharisees. And everyone would have been like, whoa, that's impossible. Like, they're the goody-two-shoes, and like, there's no way I'll be that good. And Jesus is like, that's the point. 
Like, you, you need me. That's kind of what he's driving to in this whole series. And he's drilling down in this idea of this is about more than just outward obedience. This is about an internal change that only he can do. It's a, it's a transformation that God has to do. We get to partner in it. But it's a work that only God can do. And so I hope that, I hope you heard Lyle's message last week. It's great. It's awesome, by the way, uh, as a lead pastor, to be able to go on a vacation with your son and know that you all are awesome and that Lyle's awesome. I love being on the team with him. And I, I love the, I just, I love the fact how God's grown you. I'm so proud to call you friend and to be in leadership with you. Just you rock. Uh, and so I just, I hope that maybe this summer as you're traveling, uh, that you can tune in via the app or, or check back in and just kind of travel this journey with us, the Sermon on the Mount. So we're going to kind of pick up where we left off. We talked about kind of growing this heart of generosity last week in our giving. And this week we're going to dial into this about connection with prayer. So I'm just going to read it and then we're going to unpack it a little bit and we'll draw a few applications to it. Sound good? Okay, so here it is. I'm going to read through it. This is Matthew 6, 5 through 13. Again, if you're on the app, you can follow along with us. Uh, here we go. And when you pray, Jesus said, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. And truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans. They think they're going to be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then, is how you should pray. Now, a lot of you may have grown up in a tradition where you have heard the Lord's Prayer. So here, here it is. Jesus lays it out here in Matthew 6. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Some of you are kind of whispering this along with me. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. See, Jesus is continuing to help us see how faith gets fleshed out in real, everyday kind of life. And he kind of turns this focus now to prayer. And he's wanting us to see that he's assuming that you want to pray. He's assuming that, that prayer is a part of, of what you do. From a Jewish context and what the disciples would have known, they would have grown up in a prayer reality. Like prayer would have been a part of what they do. But here's the fascinating thing. You read the Gospel of Luke in Luke chapter 11, the similar portion of this sermon that is, Luke captures there. And, and the disciples come to Jesus after watching Jesus and observing him probably for a year or so into ministry. And they say, Jesus, we watch you pray and I, I think my prayer understanding is like kindergarten level because like I watch you pray and I watch your connection with the Father and, and here's, the, here's the only time. Do you know the disciples never asked Jesus, hey, teach us how to preach. They never said that. You know what they did say? They did ask him, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And Jesus in that moment says, okay, I'm going to grow, because again, this is about, prayer is about connection, relational connection with your creator, with your heavenly father. And so Jesus sets up this prayer understanding with a little bit of background. He says, listen, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like those people who want to appear religious 
And so they pray long-winded prayers in public spaces. It'd be like if I stopped the sermon right now and said, guys, I didn't really prep for the sermon. We're going to spend the next 20 minutes in prayer, and I just show you how awesome I am in prayer. <laughs> A, I'm not. B, I'm learning. C, that'd be really boring for 20 minutes in some ways. Because for some of us, if we're just honest about prayer, it's like, okay, pray. I feel like my prayers hit the ceiling. They don't go any, like, I don't know what to do with that. And if that's how you feel, and that's how you feel when you engage in prayer, listen, that's fine. Because I think we all log time there. My hope is, as we wrestle with what Jesus is talking about here, and, and how he kind of engages and, and lays out prayer, that maybe there might be a twinkling within your eye and, a, and a, a revved up part of your heart that says, I think I want to learn, I think I want to lean into this prayer thing a little bit more. It's taken me a lot of years uh, to work on this, and it's not about working to achieve, but it, it's really, if I'm honest, it's about becoming aware to receive. Because prayer is not about getting something. It's about leaning into the someone that you're connecting with, that the creator of the heavens and the earth. He says, listen, don't let your motive be the praise of other people. That's a really bad motive in everything in life, to just do stuff so that other people go, whoa. Jesus says, don't be like that when you come to prayer. Hey, does that mean we can never pray in public? I'm supposed to go in my room and close the door and be quiet? No, we prayed here. We prayed to start the service. I don't know if you caught it. Uh, but, like, we pray here. So it's not the idea that you don't ever pray in public. It, the point is, don't make it about you. And don't make it about a public show. The Lord is looking for more than just external obedience. He's looking for a wholehearted, teleos kind of follower that we've been talking about. Something that this is kind of a part of who they are. And Jesus says, I want you to be wholehearted about prayer. He says, listen, there's this promise at the end of that. If you'll approach prayer with humility and authenticity, the Father will hear you and reward you. That should entice you to go, hey, I think I want to get better at this. I may not even fully understand what it is, but I think I'd like to get better because he promises to hear and to reward that God will move into action and get involved. The stunning reality is that the creator of the heavens and the earth is already aware of what's going on in you. That should blow your mind. That the creator of the heavens and the earth, long before you start with, dear Lord, already knows. He already knows. You're not praying to get him in the loop. You're not praying to make him aware. God, I don't know if you, if you, if you missed it, but like I have this situation in life and it stinks. Maybe you've been like running the universe, been a little, you know, distracted. Anyone ever felt like that? I have. Anyone else with me willing to admit that? Lord, I'm just coming to you in prayer to remind you that I'm still here. The stuff's going on. And what Jesus is saying, no, no, no. See, when you pray, you don't have to draw big attention to yourself. When you pray, you're not trying to make God aware of anything. He's actually closer than you think. 
and he's more dialed in than you realize. You're not trying to inform him. See, prayer is about connection more than anything else. The rare Greek word here is batalegio, uh, which is this combination with it when he says, don't let your rambling, babbling on, don't let it be many, many words. This habit of uh, pagans would pray this way. In fact, it, it probably, if you know the Old Testament, it all makes you think of uh, 1 Kings chapter 18 where uh, Elijah is in this battle with the prophets of Baal, right? And there's like one Elijah and there's like 450 prophets of Baal and like all day, They've been like doing these chants and incantations and trying to get the attention. In fact, if you understand it in Hebrew, it's actually Elijah teasing them at sometimes like, hey, maybe your God's on the pot. Maybe you need to yell a little louder because he can't hear you. He's distracted. He's busy. He's acapado. That's really what Elijah's yelling. How cool is that? Okay, you probably didn't know that, but that's what's actually being said. And, and so they're like going over in repetition and they're like cutting themselves and they're trying to get their God Baal's attention to bring down fire from heaven. And then it contrasts with Elijah who goes over to the side when they finish their mess after hours and hours and hours and there's been nothing. And Elijah just goes, and God, I need you to send fire. And God does. And it burns up not just the offering but the entire altar and the entire water that soaked the trenches around it. And it's this incredible miracle. And, and Elijah said two sentences. That's what Jesus is getting at. He's saying, listen, it's not about praying repetition. It's not, about, it's not that you can't have repetition, but it's not this idea of like babbling on. God already knows what you need. Like He's already attentive to you. Think about that. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, is already has his attention, his face turned toward you. That was the blessing of the priest, right? May his smile, his face be turned toward you. God already is. And so we're invited into this connection that the heavenly father knows our needs. This reality changes everything. If we will learn to approach prayer like that. I'm not here to inform you, God. You already know. I'm here to lean in because I got big time needs and I'm struggling and I need to know that your presence is that you're present with me in the midst of this. Whether we come to prayer with a posture of praise and thanksgiving with an alertness that he's already engaged, that he's dialed in, he's aware, he's present and he is able and sufficient to meet us in those times. We don't come to try to get God's attention. We don't come to try to inform him of what's happening or to explain it so he understands. We don't come to perform. We come to receive, to commune with him, the one who is already alert and aware, to connect with him. That is the baseline of prayer. Uh, John Stark wrote a book called The Possibility of Prayer. I'll recommend a couple books here, but here's this quote. He says, prayer does not... Uh, prayer does not seek to draw God toward us. He is closer to us than we are to ourselves, to quote St. Augustine. Prayer's purpose is to bring us close enough to him for dialogue and to make us aware of his nearness. Uh, a couple good prayer books, if you have been maybe a Christian for a while and you'd like to read a couple, uh, is The Possibility of Prayer, John Stark. Uh, one of the best prayer books I've ever read. 
read it a couple years ago. I know there's a couple others that have read that. It's, it really helps you understand just, I think, getting prayer into the nitty-gritty of who you are in your everyday life. And then uh, A.J. Cheryl being with God, the idea of contemplative prayer. Um, our staff read that at the beginning of this year in fascinating and very helpful. Um, so these are a couple books that you might want to look into. Uh, and then Jesus kind of says, here's the backdrop of prayer, how you approach it. Now I'm going to walk you through the Lord's Prayer, and he's gonna, I'm going to teach you how to pray. You ask me how to, to pray, I'm going to teach you. And this is kind of the blueprint. I've got blueprints to my house. I don't know if you have that or not. We added on an extension patio, and, and the contractor buddy that I had got me like the full blueprints in my house. It's pretty sweet. Uh, it's rolled up in the garage. I don't ever look at it hardly. But, you know, I have it, and the ability, and Jesus kind of laying out, here's kind of the blueprint of prayer, and he kind of has this understanding. Uh, Frederick Bruner writes this, the Lord's Prayer stretches from the Father at the beginning to the devil at the end, from heaven to hell and in between six brief petitions, everything that's important in life. And so Jesus says, you begin with our Father, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father, for some of you, when you hear the word father, that doesn't stir good, ushigushi feelings within you. And for that, I am sorry. I wish it was different. But what Jesus is getting at here is that no matter what kind of father you may have had growing up, is that your heavenly father wants to be known as a good heavenly father for you. He's already alert and aware and tuned in to you. It's fascinating that Jesus is the one who introduces this concept of seeing God as Father. Uh, Paul picks up on this in, later on in the New Testament, talks about that we can go to him and call him Abba, which really is a tender way of saying Daddy, that we can approach God that way. Jesus is the one who's introducing this. Only seven times in the Old Testament do we see God portrayed as like a father kind of figure, and it's only always in the context of Israel, the whole nation of Israel, to the concept of God as a father. He's watching over the nation of Israel. There's never a recorded time in the Old Testament where David would go into his prayer time and say, and, and talk to God as father. There was a severe reverence to God, which in some ways we seem to have lost, and we probably should bring that back. There's a good balance in this. But Jesus is saying, when I want to teach you about prayer, I want you to approach God as Father, that he's approachable, that he's knowable, that he's the one that can help you, that you're to lean into him. This would have been startling for people to understand that. I think that's why the disciples went to Jesus and said, would you teach us to pray? Because when you pray, and the intimacy you seem to have, and the, the way that you pray, it's just not how we learned to pray. And I think that's why they sought that out. There was something different about the way Jesus prayed. That here, what you begin to see is that like 44 times in the Sermon on the Mount, God is referred to as Father. Over 275 times in the New Testament. This is why John writes, 1 John 3, 1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called what? the children of God. Your identity in faith, through the sacrifice, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, through saying yes to him, your new identity is not a friend of God. It's better than that. You're now a child of God. 
And God has become your heavenly father to maybe repair some of the brokenness of that image that you might have or to restore the beautiful, deep, richer expression of what that can mean as you relate to him as such. Remember who you are and whose you are. That's how we approach prayer. Our father in heaven. I think this is the the sense of understanding that I can approach God from a fatherly perspective, but God is not my best buddy. Like, he's not like me, and I'm not like him. I'm, I'm sort of made in his image, and so there is that imago Dei in there, but it, like, he's different. Our Father in heaven, he's set apart. I'm here on earth. That's Ecclesiastes, as Solomon writes. Uh, may I be alert to the fact that you are in heaven, and I am here on earth. There is a difference. There's something reverent and, and, and holy about you that's not about me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. We live in a cultural context where, if we're just honest, so much of our life and our striving and our goal setting is about making our name. It is, if we're just honest. In your occupation, your career, your pursuits, your, your hobbies, all those things, mine too. In a lot of ways, it's about putting the spotlight onto us. What hallowed be your name really means is this idea of, God, you are in heaven, you are holy, you are set apart. Let the spotlight be on you. Hallowed be your name. I'm going to heap up your name. That's what worship does. Worship kind of pulls us in a direction to say, God, man, you are big and I am little. And I think that's a proper perspective for us to have in prayer. It is the approachability that, God, you're, you're my heavenly father and I can come to you. Hebrews 4, I can come boldly into your presence. I don't have to whimper in. I don't have to slide in. I don't have to be hesitant to come before you. You're my father. You already know what I need. I can come before you that easily. But you are big and I am And so there is both, this kind of both and, as far as understanding and perspective. Hallowed be your name. May you understand that you get the spotlight a little bit more. Would you let that grow? And may may I not get caught up in trying to put the spotlight on me all the time. Doesn't mean I can't acknowledge the good things that happen or the good things that you contribute or participate in. Doesn't mean that you don't get acknowledged. It is this idea that the spotlight goes more and more on the star of the show. And guess what? That ain't you, and that ain't me. It's Jesus. And it's the Father. He's the star of the show. He's the creator. He's the maker of it all. And let my story, my little story, your little story, point people to the star of the show. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, this is where the prayer begins to to turn into this participatory kind of action step for us. God, may your kingdom, may the ways of how you have things operate in heaven, may that begin to operate more and more in the reach uh, uh, of the realm around me and the opportunities I have that I can participate to bring a little bit more of the ways things would work with you if you were in charge, that they would begin to work a little bit more in that way in the scope of reach and ability that I have to impact. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I think that's a prayer that all of us would love to see a little bit more 
that your family dynamic would operate a little bit more the way it would operate in God's presence in heaven. It would begin to operate a little bit more like that in your home, in your workplace, on, on your soccer team, in your, in your network of friendships, in your neighborhoods, in your connections with the people that you have. God, would you let your way operate a little bit more here? This is what N.T. Wright talks about, that we are active agents for God and his good in the world. Friend, you are the church. You know that, right? We gather as the church here. But we scatter here in a few moments to be the church. You are the church wherever you go. And you're to live on assignment with God. Partner with him that his way, his realm, his, his influence would have a little bit more impact in the, in the scope and the reach that you have. That's the invitation to live as a Christian. That's the invitation to live as a Christ follower, to be, see, to settle to just live, the, to have the bumper sticker of I'm a Christian slapped on your life. That is so fleeting compared to what I think the scriptures call us to. Now, we're, we're to be a follower of Jesus, not just a fan that wears a bumper sticker, but to be this follower who's active and participant with God. We don't bring the change, but we partner with the one who can bring the change. And we're a participant in that. Jesus called us to be not just spectators, but participants in that. Uh, we have a little mantra we reuse around here. We stole from Andy Stanley. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. We talk a lot, a lot about that around here. That what if we all lived our lives where, hey, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. I wish I could do this. I don't have the resources to do this for everyone, but I could do it for the one who's right in front of me. And if we all live with that kind of uh, motive in our life, that's what kind of what this prayer is getting at. Jesus is saying, pray for that to unfold a little bit more. That you live on assignment to advance the kingdom of God, his ways and his rule, his realm, the way things would operate in heaven would begin to operate a little bit more here. And then this appeal. We can bring our appeals to God. God, give us our daily bread. It's this idea of, of remaining dependent upon God. Looking to him as the one of, of the source of the provision that we need. We are in our cultural moment, in our cultural context in America, the West, we have two refrigerators, we have a deep freezer, we have the ability to stockpile. That's not most of the world. And this is hard for us to get our mind around. The idea of living with a daily provision. God, I'm looking to you to be my provider. Because we're really good at stockpiling. It's when our stockpile gets a little low, we get a little nervous. No! Oh! You've all felt it. And I think what Jesus is saying, no, live from the mindset, live from the heart set that God is the provider for you. This is what the nation of Israel learned for 40 years. He was the provider of manna. Have you ever had manna? I haven't either. But they did. 40 years. God provided enough for the day. If they tried to stockpile, it would ruin. It was... It was Drilling in this idea of God being my provider. That doesn't mean you shouldn't use wisdom. That doesn't mean you shouldn't plan. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying, drill down deep within. Do you live from a posture of God, I'm looking to you. Would you provide my daily bread? 
I'm looking to you for my provision. I'll use the skill sets and the abilities and the talents you've given me, and I can, I can store it. doesn't mean I can't. But I'm not looking to myself to create that. I'm looking to you. That we are to live tethered to God's consistent care for us, looking to him more than mastering our own stockpiling, our stockpiling skills. And then we have this apology. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. God, would you help me to live with a constant awareness of your goodness and your forgiveness of me that I needed and still need your ongoing outpouring forgiveness that I am not who you want me to be yet. I've been saved, I've been redeemed, but I'm still a work in progress, friends. And so are you. And so it's this invitation to live with, I'm a recipient of this forgiveness, and I'm not to let that just stay with me. I'm going to be a person who gives this out to forgive those around me. And listen, that, that's easy and sometimes. Oh, See, when you hurt someone a little, then it's easy to forgive a little. But when you've been hurt big, and the, the forgiveness is big that needs to come back, let's be honest, that's just a lot more challenging, isn't it? And that doesn't make what that person did right. See, forgiveness isn't about owning rightness or wrongness. It's about really your freedom. See, that's what God's forgiveness is. It's this forgiveness of your sins, of your brokenness, not acknowledgement that that was okay. No, it wasn't okay. It was, I'm gonna let you off the hook of that. I'm not gonna hold that against you. God, thank you for not holding that against me. That would have kept me away from you. But through grace, I've been forgiven. Now, I need to forgive others. And that's not always easy. But would you let forgiveness flow in my life? Lean in as I let forgiveness flow through me. See, one doesn't gain forgiveness by forgiving, but a person gives evidence of his or her forgiveness by forgiving others. And that's the invitation. And then finally, this allegiance. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one the final phrase of this, uh, of this prayer. This is getting at the notion of asking God to equip us and empower us with wisdom to avoid some sin areas, not to get sidetracked away, and, and we tend to get sideways when we engage in things that maybe aren't for our best, that aren't God's best. Maybe there's patterns of choices or attitudes that you recognize within yourself that begin to have you drift away from connection with God. What's prayer all about? It's about connection. How do you know when you're disconnected? When you're only hearing every fourth or fifth word. When there seems to be something off, that's an indicator that maybe I'm drifting. Maybe I'm not in good connection. And that doesn't mean God can't be silent. God is silent sometimes. And we have to search a little harder. And those are some of those dry seasons in our spiritual journey. But God wants to be found. He says, you'll find me when you seek me. I already know what you need. See, I'm already tuned in. 
And so it is this call. Uh, Rocky Mountain National Park, a family was driving through one time, and uh, we saw all these wolves chasing uh, this one uh, this deer, this pack of deer. One deer gets separated across the road, and the wolves kind of go off of that. And, and here's what my, uh, here's what my, one of my youngest kids said, oh, that deer's dead. Right, and and here's the reality of like we've all watched this, and we go, yep. Um, why? Because they got isolated, and, and see that's where drifting away from God takes us into isolation, and that's where the enemy loves to work. See, Jesus is acknowledging the reality of evil in the world, the reality of Satan's realm, the idea. This is what First Peter talks about. Peter says, "Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour." looking to isolate. This is why church matters. It's why community is important. It's why we try to do a bunch around here to keep people connected. See, this isn't, Lord, hey, just keep me from being naughty. This is, help me recognize how the enemy of my soul wants to divert me away from what this prayer is talking about. Think back through the prayer. God says, I'm your heavenly father. I know what you need. What's the devil's lie? to convince us that God is not your father, that he's actually the enemy, and that your name is the one that needs to be established and built up, and you need to spend all your focus on that. The lie is that your little kingdom matters in this world, and you've got to put all your energy into it. Instead of realizing you're a supporting cast, and you're part of a so much better story, so much bigger story, that you have to go out and hustle to get your needs met instead of living with your heavenly father who understands you, knows what you need, and you can come to him. Father, I need help, and you have more than enough to help me. You're more than able. Uh, The enemy says, no, bitterness and unforgiveness, that's the way to live life. And Jesus is saying, no, no. See, forgiveness and passing that on, that's the way to real life and freedom. This is John 10. John 10, 10. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. The enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to isolate, take you away. Lead me not into temptation. See, temptation is always lurking to pull us away and to put a rift between us and our heavenly father. So be alert and pray for wisdom, protection, and strength. And when you fail, you just get back up. And you can go to your heavenly father who already knows and who loves you and wants to be in connection with you. I reread the Screwtape Letters this week. Um, I don't know if you've ever read that book. C.S. Lewis is brilliant. Um, And this is an allegory of uh, of Screwtape, who's this uncle demon who is a little further along in the journey of understanding authority in hell. And he's writing to Wormwood, who's this like little mini demon who's assigned to this one particular person to attack and harass and, and to keep them from falling after God. And it's this allegory story. It's brilliant on just what possibly, this, I'm not a person who believes in a demon behind every bush. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying if you go and get ice cream tomorrow and you drop it on the, the ground that a demon pushed it off and that's horrible. Uh, listen, you dropped ice cream, okay? Uh, deal with it. Uh, but the reality is the enemy is real. You and I watch the news. It's real. Evil's real. Satan is trying to have a heyday. Why? Because he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. To keep people away from seeing God as their father. 
who actually loves them and came on a search and rescue mission for them. That's his aim. And once you become a Christian, his aim is to disrupt the connection. What's Jesus talking about? Man, prayer is your connection. You want to grow and deepen and enrich in that connection. And so here's how I want to end tonight. Um, we're going to sing a, a final song together. I'll give a couple closing announcements stuff. But we're going to actually recite the Lord's Prayer together. We don't hardly ever do this, like congregational reading. Some of you are like, what? Talk out loud? Yeah. Uh, you got like 30 seconds in you, okay? If you're an introvert, you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to make it. Uh, just talk real low, because uh, other people who are extroverts. How many extroverts are in the room? Yeah, they'll see, they'll talk loud. Um, and so here's what I want you to do. I, I want to take about 30 seconds and just pause and I want you to think about this. So, um, Olivia, can you put the Lord's Prayer up on here? I just want you to think through this for 30 seconds, and then we're going to read through it together. You can just follow me. And here's what I want you to hold on to. I want you to ask God to show you what's the one phrase, just the one phrase, that you think he wants to grow your connection with a little bit this summer. So the next eight weeks. God, is it just seeing you as Father? that maybe I've got a, a messed up view or I feel like i got to win your approval or I feel like i got to inform you and maybe it's just seeing him as father, just recognizing maybe he's in heaven and I'm here and, and, and there is some reverence there. Maybe it's just, okay, I want to be more about your name and, and less about my name. And it doesn't mean I can't be recognized, but like I want to be a part and a participant in your will playing out a little bit more in my reach and my scope and, and I want to live on assignment a little bit more as that active agent for you or Maybe I just want to look to you for provision and forgive me for trying to stockpile everything. And Maybe it's this flow of forgiveness that's meant to flow into me and through me. And Maybe that's a struggle for you. And maybe it's, I don't want to get, I don't want to drift away from you. So whatever it may be, I don't know what it is for you. But take 30 seconds, just read through it. And then we're going to pray this out loud and I'll close us in prayer. We'll worship together. And during that song, I'm just going to invite you to, to lean into that portion, that portion of the prayer. And say, God, would you help me in the next four to eight weeks drill down on what that means and how I can grow my prayer connection with you. See, what Jesus is saying is you want to pray because prayer is the bestest. And prayer has a way of having you connect with your heavenly Father in a way that will... It, it, will help your life flourish way more than if you never did it and way more the more you do it. And so take 30 seconds, calm your heart, read. now just repeat with me out loud and listen for your phrase. Maybe God's going to show it to you. Maybe you already did. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Father, our prayer is that we would grow in our connection with you, in intimacy, in depth, 
and frequency. Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. God, I don't know how to do that, but I think it's living in this constant awareness that you're here, that you're available, that you're alert, that you're aware, that we don't have to make fancy words. In fact, sometimes words aren't involved at all. And prayer is about connecting with you. So Father, I pray for our friends, for your children. You know their names. You know their story. You know the challenges. You know the joys. And everything in between. Father, would you entice and woo them to grow in their connection with you? Maybe there's a phrase that we need to hold on to for the next few weeks. In this song, as we worship you, would you minister to us, Holy Spirit? Show us how that phrase that you want to drill down a little bit more and invite us into a life that flourishes a little bit more with you. Father, we give you this moment in this song to work in our hearts. We thank you that you're such a good God and available. We worship you.
invitation of prayer is to connect with you on our Mondays and our Tuesday, our Wednesday night, our Saturday nights, our Sundays, and every moment. For some of us, prayer is a scary thing, an unknown. I pray that you would entice us to see prayer, approach prayer, to lean into prayer the way Jesus does. Do you know Jesus is praying for you right now? Do you know that? See, the New Testament says that he prays to intercede for you even right now. He already knows what you need. That changes everything. not trying to get his attention. He's actually trying to get ours. 
And prayer is just being present with him. Friend, may your prayer life continue to take steps where you experience that in greater and greater depth, in greater and greater clarity, in greater and greater joy. Jesus, may it be so. Amen. We're delighted to have you with us or watching online if you are tuning in or watching later this week. So just a couple quick things before we go. Uh, if you happen to be new, again, I want to invite you to the 10-minute party. we got free popcorn with your name on it, uh, best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon, and I'd love to meet you. So we'll be back there in about 62 seconds. Um, and <clears throat> if you happen to be new, again, we'd love to connect with you in the connection card. You can text the word hello. Um, Let's see, we have a guy's night. We're going to splitting timber, throwing axes, letting out our inner lumberjack on, uh, see, June 25th. And so if you want to be a part of that, all the information is in the app. You can actually pay online through there and join some of our, our men that will be there. Uh, and summer family zoo night. July 9th. If you got kids um, and you're a family here, we'd love to invite you to kind of troll around the zoo with us and hang out uh, that night. So again, uh, 10 minute party back there in about 31 seconds. And if you want to go to dinner, uh, we have a group that goes to dinner every Sunday night afterwards. And Deb, it's Mod Pizza, right? Mod Pizza at Broadway in Wilmot. Is that correct? Broadway, Wilmot, uh, and so we'll be there in about 25 minutes or, or so. So you're welcome to join for dinner, and uh, we'd love to hang out. And, so hang out here, talk with people. Uh, may God bless you, and I'll see you at the 10-minute party if you're new.